Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. It's so exciting to have you here with us on today's program. Duke basketball, a winner last night, 92-52 over Gardner-Webb. Big-time win for the Blue Devils as they improved to 4-0 on the season. Major story around the Duke basketball team with Paolo Bancaro and Mike Krzyzewski's grandson, Michael Savarino, on the basketball team with a DWI incident in Durham on Sunday at about 1 a.m. as Savarino was arrested, taken into custody. It was Bancaro being charged with aiding and abetting a DWI. He was not taken into custody. He was not arrested. Bancaro played last night for Duke. He had 10 points and 8 rebounds. I'm going to discuss all of that on today's show with Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. We'll also discuss everything going on with Duke football as they get ready for a game tomorrow versus Louisville. If you haven't done so already, be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast for free wherever you get your podcast also follow me on twitter at underscore jj underscore jackson underscore and follow our show on twitter at lo underscore blue devils without further ado let's take a quick break when we come back josh cox joins the show right here on locked on blue devils Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid major players you might not have ever heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns and even interceptions thrown. You pick two to five players and an over under on their projections, and you can come up and win 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Make sure you use promo code LOCKEDON, and that promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize pick allows mixed sport entries, as you can combine football, basketball, and any other sport. It's an awesome thing to check out. As also, make sure you use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made up in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Welcome back into Locked On Blue Devils here today. J.J. Jackson hanging out with Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Thrilled to have him on the program with me once again. We've been doing this every week. Got to move it up a little bit earlier in the week as Duke football has a Thursday night game versus Louisville. The men's basketball team, as we said, had the big win last night over Gardner-Webb. We're actually recording this fresh after the Duke basketball victory over Gardner-Webb. Josh was on hand, so I can't wait to catch it up with him here on today's program. Josh, how are you, friend? Hey, doing great, JJ. Thanks for having me on again, man. Absolutely. So we talk a lot about football, and we're going to get to that, I'm sure, here in our conversation today. But you have been at the last two Duke basketball games, again tonight versus Gardner-Webb, and then on Saturday versus Campbell. How did it feel to be back inside Cameron Indoor? Man, I tell you what, uh, it is, you know, I've been to games over the years, but obviously this season with it being Coach K's uh, final season, there's just a little more electricity in the air, just a little bit more energy it's different, man. It feels a little different in there. Obviously, there's a lot that plays into it with 
uh, with COVID protocols and and that type of thing. Um, but man, it has been a pleasure to be back in Cameron with a packed house uh, watching Duke basketball. Absolutely incredible. It seems like the crowds have been all the way into it. The crazies are going wild, as they always are, and it's uh, awesome. Like you said, last year of, of Coach K being out there for you to be there and be able to see these past couple of games. So let's talk about the win over Gardner-Webb. Obviously, there was a lot of speculation and talk outside noise around the Duke basketball program with Paulo Bancaro and Michael Savarino and how that would be handled. And uh, Coach K's had a couple of statements about that after the win, saying it's going to be handled internally, but uh, that they were different situations considering Paulo Bancaro was released on the scene. He got to play tonight, 10 points, 8 rebounds, his most quiet game so far as a Blue Devil. But, Josh, there were six different guys that scored in double figures. Yeah, tonight was a balanced attack. Um, and just real quick on that on that first thing, um, you know, I actually appreciate the way Coach K is dealing with this. It's very easy when you have uh, one of the top two potential NBA draft picks involved in something like this it's very easy to jump to conclusions and say, man, we've got to do something right now because it's Paula Bencaro. And when you start digging into it, the, the fact that he was in the back seat and the fact that um, he did get released and, and those types of things, I, that's not to say that he won't get punished in some way, but I really, I really actually appreciate Coach K taking it the way he's doing it um, and not kind of giving in to what I would call outside noise and pressure and letting this kind of take care of itself. So that aside – uh, Paulo did come in and he he did play well, but like you said, it was a complete team effort tonight. I would say, uh, led by our guy Trevor Keels. Um, he shot the ball so well. Um, he was, I believe, he was four of six, if I'm not mistaken, for right. three point a uh, three point range, um, and just an all around good game. Trevor, not only can Trevor shoot the ball, uh, Trevor looks for his teammates, um, and he does. Um, he is unselfish. And then, man, he's a dog on defense. He's in passing lanes. And if Trevor Kills is matched up against you on either end of the court, uh, you're not going to have a good night. So uh, Trevor led the way. But, man, it was good to see Martin Williams back out there. You know, uh, last game we, we played small ball right. against Campbell. And, boy, did that – man, I felt like that really uh, bogged us down a little bit offensively. <laughs> um, tonight, um, you know, Theo John did not play his best tonight. But we played the bigs, Theo – and Mark throughout the entire game. And Mark came alive after a slow start, and it was really nice to see him uh, uh, play what I think was his best game so far this season. There was a 90-second stretch at the end of the first half, 90 seconds of game time, Josh, where Duke goes on a 10-0 scoring run like it was nothing. If that is what we can expect to see moving forward, this Duke offense, this Duke basketball team is going to be terrifying because they are so good on the defensive end. It's not just Mark Williams protecting the rim, but what was that like to be in venue, a 90-second stretch, and the team goes on a 10-0 run? Uh, yeah, so the fans, the fans were all in that man. Like that was, uh, that was probably the loudest that the stadium got all night. Um, and and of course that always ends in a timeout, you know, by the opposing <laughs> team. And so then the entire timeout is loud. Um, and so ju- that's just a great, uh, a great atmosphere. I mean, there's nothing like going on a run in Cameron, crowds going wild, the opposing coach calls a timeout, and then what happens for the next thirty to forty-five seconds is always just fun watching people go crazy. So, man, it's just a great great place to watch a basketball game. And 
and experience those types of runs. And you think when Duke's at their best this season, Josh, do you think it'll be positions like that where the defense is clearly setting them up? I mean, it was a couple of blocks from Mark Williams at the rim with long ricochets out towards half court, steals creating those fast break opportunities. Do you agree that that's where Duke's going to be at their best this year? Well, I'll tell you this. Um, We have not played defense like this, I would say, since 2010. Yeah. Now, uh, I believe that the 2015 team, and ironically, I am speaking about our last two national title teams, <laughs> um, but the 2010 team, different thing, especially at that time, if you, th- if, you, if you remember Duke basketball, Duke basketball was an in-your-face, Steve Wojciechowski-style defense, right. right? Like, all up in your face. Um, that 2010 team realized that they – Honestly, John Shire and those type of guys, Kyle Singler, they were good defenders, but they were not that type of defender. And so that 2010 team really kind of packed it in and played more of a conservative defense. Well, that worked, and it was great for that team, and they were really, really good defensively. It helps when you have a guy in Zubek who's over seven foot anchoring the back of that defense. Right. Well, fast forward to 2015, the next national title, we did not figure defense out until the end of the ACC season that year. But, man, we figured it out, and what we did that year, the adjustment that we made, was Justice Winslow was a Swiss Army knife. And Justice Winslow became like a free safety on defense, and he would guard the weakest offensive player of the opposing team, and he would help all the time. And he was in the lane. He was causing problems. This team, and I'm talking about we're in November – we're, We're only November. four games into the year. Yeah, that's what's so crazy this, about this. Four yeah, games. This team is, I feel like, this team is so advanced defensively. And you know what, I mean, You have to give the credit to, to Wendell Moore Jr. You have to give the credit to Mark Williams. Those guys are setting the tone. And, man, I'm just going to say this. He didn't play well tonight. But there, there has not been a more important grad transfer in our program than Theo John. Theo John is a man. He's a coach on the court. He's a coach on the bench. If you're at games and you you just watch him on the bench, he stands up the whole time. He's talking on defense from the bench. So he's, I don't know, man. The defense is, it's like we have some junkyard dogs out there. And what it's done is it is, I believe, it's pushed guys like Jeremy Roach, who I felt like last year they were a little timid on defense. Man, it's really pushed a guy like Jeremy, a guy like Joey Baker, to step their games up defensively because everybody else is playing at such a high level. It's really fun to watch. Josh Cox is joining us here from the Section 17 podcast, a part of Duke Football Talk. I want to do two more individual performances with you, and then we'll get into a little bit of a football conversation. We got a chance to talk hoops last week. After we talked football, you wanted to talk about this basketball team with me, and I'm glad you did. Something you pointed out, Josh, was uh, that this Duke basketball team really needed to see Joey Baker get going offensively. That makes everyone else around him better. And I'm just going to say it. I think it might be the fact that you've been at the past two Duke games that Joey Baker has really came to play because he's been playing much better basketball over the past two. Listen, if that's what it takes, man, I'll be at every (laughs) important game the rest of the season. But, uh, But here's the thing, man. You know, there are a lot of us Duke fans who were Duke fans back in the 90s. Um, who were Duke fans through the early in that 2001 national title season. And honestly, we know that the game has changed, but there's still something about these players who stay four years. There's something about the Grayson Allens. There's something about those guys, uh, the Emil Jeffersons. And 
And Joey, if Joey can hit shots, the fans embrace him, man, yeah. so much because he has stuck it out. When, when, when other guys have transferred out, Joey stayed. And to see him, you can tell it, man. I, when I watch Joey Baker, when that ball leaves his hand, I know if it's going in or not. And he's got he has a he has such a pure shot. But what I do like as well, man, he he showed it tonight. He is not just a shooter. He's putting it on he the deck a little lane, bit. Yeah, he puts it on the deck. He finished a couple times tonight. Um, you know, it, it's just been great. And you know what? He played good minutes tonight. I believe he was at twenty one minutes uh, played tonight. If I remember looking at the yeah. box score earlier, yep. uh, twenty one minutes. And and uh, I believe last game he shot forty percent from three. This tonight was not quite as good from three, but he had twelve points. And, uh, and so I, mean, I really love to see a guy like Joey. Um, Joey's the guy, man, like I can just see him having a moment later in the year where we need a bucket and Baker and Joey's the guy for it. So uh, I hope his confidence level stays up throughout the season. As you said, 12 points tonight for Joey Baker. Again, a win over Gardner-Webb, 92-52. Baker, one of six players at double figures. Last guy I want to talk about is A.J. Griffin, the freshman for Duke who's mm-hmm. coming off of the injury. You take a look at his, his game logs so far this season. He played 11 minutes last week versus Kentucky, 10 on Friday versus Army, 6 on Saturday versus Campbell. He was out there for 16 minutes tonight with five points, six rebounds, two assists. It was the best game A.J. Griffin has played in his young career. You've been there in person. What is it like watching him play in venue? Does it really feel like he's about to turn the corner and gaining more and more confidence in, A, his health, and then, B, his ability to contribute on the basketball floor? Yeah, I would say if you did not know A.J. Griffin's history, knowing that not only is he coming off of a knee sprain in preseason, but that his last couple years of high school, uh, were different with injuries and different things. Um, I can tell that this is a young man coming off of injury. Uh-huh. I can tell that he's trying. It's almost like he had he, he, he had sea legs and he's back on land, and he's trying to like figure it out. I mean, he had the drive tonight where, and, and I was I was talking to the guy that I was with at the game. AJ in AJ's past, he knows on that drive. He's high enough to dunk the ball. He really he wanted to dunk that enough. tonight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and he's not quite back in shape yet. He's not quite. And what's funny is he's not quite in shape yet. And if you remember back preseason, I think he won the jump, the leaping contest when they did all their combine testing and stuff. Like he still can jump out of the gym, but he's not quite back to where he was. So I can see that um, as you watch him play. What I really loved about tonight, I really did was that the first sub, I believe it was two minutes into the second half, was A.J. Griffin, and I forget who he, who he came in for, but he played with the starters. And that's something that I, had, that I don't believe I had seen him be able to do much. And I feel like Coach K was saying, man, this is going to be the game where I'll let you get some minutes in the second half. You're gonna, I'm going to let you make some mistakes. You know what I mean? I'm going to let you play through some stuff and keep you in the game. And he was all over the boards. I believe you said he had six rebounds. Um, and and we saw a glimpse. We saw a glimpse. And I tell you what, if A.J. can get back healthy, um, he makes us deep. And you look at that wing, man, you got guys like Trevor Keels and A.J. Griffin and Joey Baker and Wendell Moore. Man, that is solid. That is solid in that two and three spot uh, in our, in our rotation. So uh, man, 
A.J. Griffin can be an integral part of what we have going forward for sure if he stays healthy. Duke basketball now 4-0 on the season. Two games left in the non-conference uh, that are pretty much inconsequential between Lafayette and the Citadel. That being said, Blue Devils need to take care of those games before uh, next Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. They're in Las Vegas taking on number one Gonzaga. What a sight that's going to be. Uh, speaking of games on Thursday, coming up on Thursday, the Duke football team will be back in action taking on Louisville. Josh Cox as we say every single week as the best Duke football specific podcast that there is out there in the world and the internet make sure you check it out it's the section 17 podcast he's got a great crew that he does the show with every week next week this is it the putt to win the tournament if you sink it the championship is yours but on your backswing your hat falls over your eye is this how you're running your business poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software to see the full picture you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of the competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for a special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are certainly missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down. A Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-sugar, low-fat, and high in protein. All the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious with so many flavors. This month, Built Bar is coming out with a whole new limited-time flavors every three to four days. So check their website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. The promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off at Built.com. All right, 48-17 was the final score versus Virginia Tech. It was Riley Leonard going into the game. That was the big topic of conversation exiting the game. Jordan Moore really was the story for Duke, Josh. Yeah, he was, and uh, and he threw the ball, uh, ironically. Uh, that touchdown pass to Eli Pancall, uh, which, you know, as a, as a Duke football fan, I have said over and over again, the more we get Eli Pankow involved in anything in our team, the better we are. And I've also, from the stands, said every time Jordan Moore comes in the game, it doesn't need to be a quarterback run. Um, we've had players tell us that Jordan Moore can throw the football. He does it in practice. And so we were just waiting for them to open up that playbook a little bit uh, and, and let him see what he could do. And so uh, it was really neat to see Jordan. You know, I have no idea what this quarterback room is going to look like moving forward. I mean, I, you know, Gunner's got two years of eligibility left um, after this season. That's if he so wants wild, to. yeah. Yeah, 
and and then you've got you've got Riley, who's a four star recruit who he, he didn't show up to Durham to sit on the bench, and then you got Jordan Moore, who is electric when he is on the field. He is an electric, and then sitting back there in the back, you've got Luca Diamant, who is a good quarterback who proved it last year in Tallahassee when uh, when we played Florida State, and he did well, and he's proved it this year in, in the little spots that he's been in. So good problem to have. It's just really weird to have four guys who can contribute at the quarterback position and and knowing how and when to use them is obviously the challenge. As we record here on November 16th, i got to ask you this. What is the future of the Duke football program? Big picture. Yeah, so um, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably follow Duke uh, athletics somewhat um, on social media, and you, you may have seen an article uh, that was released um, I believe Sunday or Monday. Um, the title of the article was was a little bit misleading, um, but it said you know kind of reports coming out of Duke football that this was that this was going to be uh, Coach Cutcliffe's final year. He was going to be retiring. Right. When you click on the article, there was nothing in that article at all that that was any kind of substantial evidence that that was the case. However. Uh, we talked about this extensively. If you want to listen to this week's podcast, yeah, just give me uh, a teaser. Seventeen podcast. We do dig into that. Um, and here's what I said, and I'll stand by this: This isn't always the case in every situation, but most of the time, where there's smoke, there's fire. Most of the time, I feel the same way. Um, and so, I don't know. You know, um, I will say this: uh, My love for David Cutcliffe is deep, man. I have so much respect for that man. I love his priorities. I love the way he goes about business. I love the way he built this Duke football culture from the ground up. I love everything about that. Like every season of life, man, like everything in life, the season ends. You know what I'm saying? The season comes to an end. I love summertime, man. Summertime came to an end. You know what I mean? We're in the fall. It just is what it is. And this season of Duke football, is coming to an end. And what I hope, and hear me out, I hope that Coach Cutcliffe can go out um, on his own. And the only way he goes out on his own is by retiring at the end of this season. If he waits and he he finishes his contract next year, then Duke is not going to renew that contract. And so then it's going to look as if Duke ran him out. The only way he leaves with his dignity and the respect that he so deserves is to go out on his own terms, and that has to be at the end of this season. And so I think it's going to happen. I have no insider. Man, I've, I've done my best to try to get insider. Man, I've snooped around and tried to figure out if anybody knows what's going on. Yeah. All I could. There's nothing. Um, Duke, Duke is tight-lipped about it. Um, but at the end of the day, the future of Duke football, I believe, is going to be Nina King putting together a search team and looking for the next guy. And I have no idea. I can't even speculate right now as to who that next guy would be. But it's going to be someone with some young blood. It's going to be someone that's going to breathe a little bit of energy and life back into this program that we've been missing over the last couple of years for sure.
Yeah, I mean, look, and the coaching carousel is already crazy as it is. We've had uh, USC and LSU throughout the entire season for the most part. Earlier today, we see Virginia Tech with Justin Fuente not being renewed. I mean, it's, it's going to be crazy to see how all of this plays out. And I like the analogy you made there with the season. The other point to add, this season for Duke football has been 14 years, Josh, and that just unfortunately does not happen in college sports unless you were the premier of the premier these next couple of days. And, and so it, uh, it's going to be interesting to see where Duke football goes from here. All right, so a game on Thursday versus Louisville. Still a couple of games left here in the season for the Blue Devils. How can they win this football game? <laughs> Man, that's a tough question there, JJ. Um, I was ready to give you all of, all of the Malik Cunningham stats. All right, that's give me the I Malik thought, Cunningham stats. Was going and you, you throw that at me. Um, Man, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I got to be a real, a realistic Duke fan um, in this one. Um, Louisville is a better team than their record shows. Uh, they have their losses. I believe there's only one loss that you look at, and I, I can't even put, place my finger on it. I don't have it in front of me. Where you scratch your head and go, "Oh, it was Virginia." There was a Virginia loss where I think they've let Virginia come back and win the game. That's the one you look at and you go, "Man, that was a terrible loss." Every other loss on their schedule was to good teams, and it was it was they were all close games. So like they don't have bad losses on their schedule. Um, I believe they're a better team than where they sit currently, um, and so I, I, in the past I've said we need to score in special teams, but we've done that and still got blown out. Uh, in the past, I've said we need to we need to turn them over. Well, we turned them over last week. We had a really cool turnover. Ben Fry tipped that pass. R.J. Oban intercepted it. That was awesome, and we still got blown out. So, honestly, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to just it's gonna have to be a reverse of everything that's been going on to happen. And and to be honest with you, man, we don't we don't do well on those primetime games. Those games that are on ESPN seven o'clock on Thursday. Everybody's watching it. Um, we we historically have have uh, not played well. I think back to the Miami game two or three years ago. We came in, I believe, 5-1. and one, Right. And we absolutely uh, laid an egg that night. So, yeah, I don't, I don't see much hope for it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm not going to lie to you. I don't see much hope. <laughs> I mean, the Malik Cunningham numbers are crazy, you know? Absolutely crazy, the individual numbers he's been able to put up this year. Uh, not as wild when you think about uh, comparing him to Lamar Jackson, who just got his jersey retired this past week. But over yeah. 2,000 yards passing, 13 touchdowns, 709 yards rushing, 16 rushing touchdowns. Like, I can't comprehend that number. Yeah, pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. You know, Malik Cunningham is like – he's like Lamar Jackson's little brother. That's the way I look at him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's not big brother. He isn't. And, and you know – Louisville fans don't need to put that on Malik Cunningham. Lamar Jackson is a generational talent. Um, but, man, Malik Cunningham sure does uh, hold up, man. I tell you, he, uh, he he is as good of a running back as he is a quarterback. Um, and he, But he can sling the ball. He can throw the ball. And, and, and don't, you, cannot, you cannot play him as a run first guy because he'll throw the ball all over the secondary. So he is truly a, a solid – um, solid quarterback, and I'm looking forward to seeing them play in person, to be honest with you. So, all right, so folks that might be listening to this on their Wednesday morning drive, maybe they're listening to us in the afternoon. Who knows when they're listening to us? If it's still before Thursday at 7.30 Eastern on ESPN, what what's the scene going to be like in Section 17 specifically? Because this is your first weeknight game of the year, Josh. 
this is, and I tell you what's weird is we really wanted to make this like I think the, all of us are going to get off work a little bit early. We're going to try. We were going to try to get there early. Uh, we were going to try to put together a tailgate this week. Um, and Duke and I get this. It happens a lot of places because Duke shares so much space. Uh, the university with the hospital and all the things that go on throughout the day um, here in Durham at Duke. Um, those lots are not opening until five o'clock, um, two hours before, uh, two and a half hours before kickoff. And so um, we are not going to be able to do some of the things we want to do. We're pushing that, by the way, to a Saturday after Thanksgiving. We're going to make an announcement this coming week on our podcast that we're going to be tailgating with some friends of ours uh, that Duke fans will know. So you're giving so me the exclusive right now. I appreciate that. Yeah, so. we haven't said a word about it on our podcast. So we're going to be we're going to be hosting a, uh, a tailgate. So. Uh, we haven't done that yet this season, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But I can tell you this. We sit on the top row of Section 17. Uh, fans and player families, players' families, and former players and all these different we, – we're meeting people every week. Um, it's really cool to know that people seem to be interested in uh, a Duke football podcast, even with our team struggling, right? Um, I, I met a guy today. Uh, talking about Duke basketball at the basketball game tonight. We got talking, and sure enough, I told him about our podcast. I mean, he was pumped. And so, like, it's really cool to see that. We're going to be cheering the guys on. Um, hey, listen, if some magic happens on Thursday night in Wallace Wade, you know we're going to be right there for it. And so uh, we're ready and uh, and looking forward to seeing how our guys, by the way, who have stayed pretty healthy this year, right? knock on wood, uh, to see how our guys can finish out the season – Oftentimes, by this time of the year, we're into our third string somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? And right. this year, we really have stayed decently healthy. I love it. Make sure you check out the Section 17 podcast. I'll steal Josh's thunder each and every week. He encourages you to leave those five-star reviews and ratings on both of our podcasts. So do that right now. Do that on Locked on Blue Devils as you're listening to us right now. And then also go search for Section 17 podcast from Duke Football Talk. Leave them a five-star rating and review. Because I've also been told, I'll give a little exclusive to people here, Josh. I've also been told that in the next few weeks, we're going to return the favor and my voice will be heard on the Section 17 podcast. So we're breaking all sorts of news here tonight. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's going to be in a season recap. That's the plan right now. It's going to be a season recap. So so I'm, we're going to throw some questions your way, JJ, uh, for the season. And I'm we're ready. going to let you give some difficult answers, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so <laughs> season season recaps when you're three and nine uh, <laughs> can sometimes get difficult. But, hey, listen, here's the cool thing, man. We're three and nine. We're nine and three. At the end of the day, you know what? We're still Duke fans. Amen. We love Duke football, and and we're there for it, man. We're there to cheer the guys on, cheer the players on, and and hope for the best. You're the best. I do appreciate you taking time again to chat with me here today, Josh. And uh, look forward to chatting with you again next week. Okay. Absolutely, man. Go Duke. Go Duke football. And then I guess we can say go Duke basketball. There we go. I love it. That's Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk. He's joining us here today on Locked On Blue Devils.
Thanks again to Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk Section 17 Podcast for joining us on the show. That guy loves basketball too. I mean, we love all things Duke. He's going to be someone that I continue to talk through throughout the basketball season. I love his perspective on things. Love what he had to say about this basketball team moving forward. And look, the future for Duke football, it's up in the air right now. Who knows if David Cutcliffe will retire at the end of the season and move on what's to come. So uh, that's conversation for another day. Thank you again for listening to our show. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore jackson underscore follow our show at lo underscore blue devils be sure to follow and subscribe locked on blue devils for free wherever you get your podcast that's going to do it for today's show as always go duke i'll talk to you tomorrow thank you and good day